0: Welcome back, everybody. I am here with a special guest. His name is David Denberg, and David is a culture maven who builds community through immersive events and transformational experiences. He's a founder of Trailblazers, which is a leadership gathering for the cannabis and hemp industry. He's founded and produced six notable communities lending his expertise in branding, programming, curation and communication strategies across sustainability, social innovation and entrepreneurship. David spent eight years as the lead curator and partner at summit, which is a preeminent leadership conference for top tier entrepreneurs and innovative thinkers. David, thank you for being here, man. I'm super excited about this.
1: Thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here. I always appreciate our time together. Um, Happy to be sharing sort of my experience and can't wait to hear about what you've dug up on me. I'm sure you've got some good questions. (laughs) I did. I did do some research on you
0: and uh, I'm excited to talk to you because I know you're you're really good at a lot of things and I I love learning from peak performers. So, but let's start with, um, well, let's start with how we met. Right. I remember when we first met, we, we first met in person in LA, which was, I forget the name of the restaurant in Venice, because you were you came to the Tony Robbins event, and what was the name of that? Yes. One? Venice in the corner, I forget the name of it, but. Zinc. Yeah, that one. Zinc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We met in Zinc. yeah. Through mutual friends. Zinc.
1: Yeah,
0: some mutual friends connected us, and I just, I heard great things about you, and then the thing that I just really appreciated about you, and you're just very genuine and very warm, right? And not, and it sounds like basic, but it's not, right? A lot of, not everybody kind of really comes off that way. So I appreciate uh, that about you. And every time I hang around you, I like that you're very like curious and open-minded and uh, as well. So thank you for uh, showing
1: up that way. My pleasure. I mean, I'll tell you, there's two things that you observe that, show up in my life that right nothing is just a gift that you're born with everything is kind of cultivated and um in terms of like being authentic i think a lot of that really comes from feeling comfortable in your own skin knowing who you are right and and not like questioning uh what your sort of mission on this planet is just knowing that like okay gonna make mistakes, I forgive myself, I love myself. And uh, that allows like the authentic communication. And, um, you know, curiosity, by the way, I always say it's my favorite attribute in a human because it's, when whenever you read something- Yeah. If the question is, who wrote that and why? Where did that come from? How did that end up here? How on earth did the person learn you know, the skill that enabled them to push past this barrier of what was possible to the next frontier. And so yeah. that's really like, where I think curiosity is so valuable in people. And it's so easy to just walk through life, not asking any questions, but of course, as you know, uh, once you have the curiosity, bug, you always leave with more questions than answers.
0: Right. Yep. Absolutely. And I love what you said, or it's like questioning, like, oh, what's, why is that there? Why is this book here? I'm reading uh, Richard Feynman's uh, book, Six Easy Pieces, and he's all about curiosity, right? It's like, there's endless yeah. things you could ask about the universe and life and why things are the way they are. And, and then life doesn't really get boring, right?
1: Yeah. Um, there's, you know, on that note. So one of my favorite, uh, favorite people that I came across in terms of like insight and approach to questioning and understanding life yeah a uh, guy named tom chi have you ever heard of him no tom Chi. no tom chi tom chi no. um he is just a one-of-a-kind human in the sense that uh right he's a true genius plays every instrument you know graduated kind of mit harvard at 22 uh you know high like when I say graduated, I mean with like a master's degree in science, things like that. He was on the founding team of Google X, and he prototype. Uh, I'm sorry he he created uh, an approach to problem solving
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, you know rapid prototyping sessions, right? And one of the great takeaways I have from that, we won't get into what the whole thing is, but one of the great takeaways was you know there's diminishing returns thinking about things for too long sometimes. Right. Like if you spend an hour thinking about where am I going to hang this painting on the wall? You're not after the first three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, you're kind of just like going around in circles. And so I always love this, like, yes, curiosity, but like, don't get too deep down the rabbit hole that it, you know, becomes a hindrance for the other things that are going on around you.
0: Right. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And then the, the next piece is we hung out in. Uh, you invited me out to your place in Powder Mountain where you you, yes. I, you guys own the mountain for Summit and you have a house out there and you put on an amazing event. So that was a great time as well. Uh, and again, I noticed your ability to be a great host and kind of make people feel warm and curate the community and build the community, which are things I want to get into more about on the podcast because I know you're really good at that. So
1: that was a great sure. time. Well, I loved having you out there. I remember that weekend. It was such a blast. Yeah. That was actually one of my favorites because, you know, there's a difference when you do community building as a form of work. And then when you do community building as a form of service to your friends, mm-hmm. right. And when you do it for your friends, it's very pure. Um, there's just like a, there's a sort of longevity in knowing that like through the road of this friendship, this is not just uh a three-day weekend having fun this is like a gateway to a more meaningful deep relationship with everyone there for a long time
0: right yep absolutely i love that that's so cool so let's start with um lots well, it just popped in my head i had something else i want to ask what i was going to start with but i'm, I'm so curious like because you're you know a lot of stuff about a lot of things so i'm curious like do you have an approach to learning or what's your, what's your mindset about learning or how do you go about learning things? Like, what, what does that look like?
1: You know, I, 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 uh, I read Atomic Habits years and years ago. Yeah. And like, uh, there's, there's a couple different approaches, right? So Tom Chi, his thing is like, you know, they say the 10,000 hours to be an expert. Yep. You don't often say is it takes, you know, 2000 hours to just even become proficient in what the, what the actual knowledge base is, right? So like, you can't yeah. become an expert until you at least understand the baseline. That's and what they perfect. also don't say is like, past 10,000 hours and you get to 20,000, that's where you're like at the cutting edge of that specialization. Hmm. And so I do think, you know, choosing wisely where that energy goes and recognizing like, you can't be an expert at everything, but you can certainly be good at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'll tell you just, my, my, my big aha learning moment was recognizing that the, the method in which I was being taught in school was not the method that I could connect with in terms of learning. And what I mean by that is um, I'm better in a smaller environment and uh, more interactive and more two-way dialogue versus like a, hey, this is someone on the, pa- you know, pulpit telling you how this is and learning. Yeah. And so uh, I, you know, when I was 16, I lived in France and I lived there for a year with a French family. And that was the first time I really, really went from like in 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 about a nine month period, went from having a baseline communication skill and in French to feeling completely at home and comfortable. And right, so then that that like, once you learn something and become good at it, it's kind of addictive because all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, I could learn anything. Yep. And uh, that's empowering, right? It's like, Oh, I just learned this. What did I do that made it different for my comprehension? And that's exactly, it's like understanding how we learn as individuals is the process of education because growing in education never stops. But it's, you know, it's totally different for everyone.
0: Yeah. That was a great question. You said, what did I do to make it a better understanding for my comprehension? I think you said or something like that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Free man. And that's a great, dist- I love the distinction. You said it's, there, there is like a baseline to like just getting familiar with the tools and just the, 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 your sandbox, right? Before you even start to like the process of like going to the next level with it and then also after right then you're on the edge and that's a whole nother
1: sandbox too exactly right yeah i think by the way just one other one other piece i'd add to that is like we're you know human nature is to be you know uh extension of our environment yeah and so you can always grow. You can always find your path. Like there, you don't need other people to push you. You can do it yourself. But I do find having played sports for so long, uh, having, you know, friends that really just say, Hey, you know, you can do better. Like I see this in you. And so like having people in your life uh, who you just give permission to push you like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. Right. Having a solid peer group that's going to definitely grow in, in a loving way, but also not let you slack off too, right. Help you raise your standards. Exactly. Three me, men. Let's talk about too, Uh I, I want to jump to the, maybe the one of the earlier parts of your career when you started working uh, with summit, can you tell us a little bit about that, that story? And uh, yeah, just tell us about the, the beginnings of your summit experience.
1: Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's no secret. It's kind of like, a, it, it's one of those turning points that I really do appreciate. Right. You often hear about how people get to a place, but you don't know that like every step of the way was sort of like the, the, the gateway to the next path. And so I'll just bring it back and say, you know, my friends, the way that I even got there is I did this reflection. I said, okay, how do I want to live? Right. What are the, and, and this observation really came from the idea that like you can be receiving inbound opportunity and people will just pull you in a direction, or you can have clarity of knowing what you want, what I wanted to live, how I wanted to live. And then the, what you do for that fills in. And so it was like, it started with this, like, okay, uh, what, what are my professional, intellectual, financial, um, physical, uh, goals. Right. And it's just like lifestyle, right. It's like financial goal would be like, Oh, I want to have a, a, a a mobile, uh, upwardly mobile opportunity, career goal being like, I want to be able to have a work lifestyle. Right. And so just being very clear on what the yes is creates a filter. Right. And so then the filter becomes the barometer for every decision. Is this getting me one step closer to where I want to go? Or is it not? And so I put that together, uh, the original first vision board. Uh, unfortunately, it burned up in the fire, but it was just epic. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I had super clear what I wanted. And uh, I met Elliot Biznow, who's the founder of Summit. He was 22 years old. And at the time, I had my first like official business. It was a men's clothing store on Abikini. And I was there running the shop and I meet him through my sister and he was like, Oh, this is cool. Like should you should come visit us in Miami. And so, uh, I'm like, cool. I came out to visit Miami. I was like, it's amazing. Um, and then I left and I was like, okay, well, are you calling me? What's the next steps? Like, are we doing this? And so I was like, I, well, without closing the door, I just started looking at other doors to open. And so, uh, my first boss, Uh, family friend and one of my mentors I said hey I'm I'm ready like no job too big no job too small I'm in let's go and I'm going to put in the time and like the hustle and he uh in his classic fashion he said uh he basically offered me a very unique opportunity and said you have until midnight to accept email me if you want before midnight Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh I just you know being the keeping the doors open, I shared with Elliot, I was like, Hey, I know, you know, this guy, what do you think of this opportunity? Calls me one second later. He's like, I think you should just come live with us in Miami. I don't even know what you're going to do, but let's do it. And I'm like, great. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the, there there is a tendency for many people to, um, when you leave something that's when you, when you leave something that, you know, into the uncertain, there's a little bit of like, what do you need to feel safe, right? Do I need the title? Do I need the income? Do I need the, do I need like the trajectory? Do I need the house? Like, well, do I need, what do I need? Do I need the assistant? And I was literally just like, I packed my bag and like, yeah, just come for two weeks. We'll check it out. I packed my bag all in. Cause that's just how I play. I wasn't coming home for two weeks. I had my monitor, had my full setup. I got there and it's this like six, you know six bedroom house on star Island. And I get there and I'm like, okay, cool. We're, Where's my room and like oh you don't have one you, you get the couch and so i'm like okay cool well i'm not a couch guy because i got back problems so i'm gonna fix that that weekend i went to ikea costco bought like a safari tent uh wired in electricity put down rugs got like a bed frame put in a twin bed shoe rack futon bed uh full setup and just made it my home because i was like well you know again you're empowered like i am empowered i think almost everyone is by the environment around us, right? It's like, you, you know, am I just sleeping on a couch that was there, or did I just make my little enclave? And so, yeah, I did that, and it was basically same thing, like, you know, no job too big, no job too small, all in. I was like, I don't need your money. I, I, I know that if you think I'm worth it, you'll just make me an offer after you see what I have to bring. Yeah. And you know, that's that's obviously like a fortunate position, and I say that not everyone can do that, but it wasn't always the case. It was because my previous business is successful. And, you know, sometimes you have to cushion and you have to put in the work first so that you can take the risk. Right. So like, you might not be able to take the risk right away, but that's what it takes. And so, yeah, I lived in the house, hustled nonstop and, um, you know, ultimately became a full-time member of the team and within, uh, within, I want to say, it was, wow, it was within 12 months, uh, was made a partner at summit and, um, you know, really started guiding, guiding the experience and the culture there. So that was a very special moment in time.
0: That's amazing. So you lived in a tent, you, no job too big, no job too small. So you did whatever, right. You did even the most menial jobs that nobody Are you kidding me. I
1: used to write, I used to write thank you cards, uh, on behalf of, you know, certain team members and not to say any names, but I used to write thank you cards. I was like, Hey, you need, you need a, you need an oil change in that car outside. Wow. Um, and also this is the thing, and this is very important. Yeah. Busy people don't make time for people that are going to take their time. Unless you really can create the easiest accent access point. Right. And yeah. so it's all about timing and approach, right. And, and how you work with people, how you communicate with people. And so there's one person who like, it took me four days to even have a five minute conversation Yep. Um, but you know, it's like pop in and I'm like, Hey, you busy? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Dealer. Um, and then like at the moment, it's like going above and beyond and making like knowing when to pull the plug and when to, when to push is very important. And so, you know, making a, making a point to help people. And that's the thing. Once you start to busy people, you start to free up some of their time. They're like, Oh my God, I love you. Thank you. Yeah, let me like, and like the more trust you build, the more responsibility you get. And so that's kind of like the secret formula, right? It's like you it takes uh, very little time to, you know, erode trust, and it takes a long time to build it. But as you build it is like the foundation for, you know, collaboration, uh, and and just like in general, growth.
0: Yeah, and that's a good, that's just like the skill set that it's, it's a learning skill set, right? You can learn how to do that and you can do the same thing,
1: right? Definitely. same right.
0: And then lastly, and you worked for free,
1: right? So it's I love that's it. I did. And of course the, the, the amazing thing is I totally worked for free and it was, it was also like, it was a unique setup where it was like, most people, if you offer to work for free, most people once they see how hard you work yeah you don't even have to ask they want to pay you yeah and so we did it in a way where, like did it for free but then after the success of the project got a bonus and it wasn't like a big bonus but it was like it, it's a gesture that represents acknowledgement where it's like hey you're here and we see you
0: i love that man so many great lessons in that for yeah anybody very cool so, and then, so you did that to start and then you worked. obviously you did great work with Summit for a long time. And the, the next thing I wanna jump into is really, how do you choose the right business
1: partners? Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, this is something that no matter how many times you sell, tell someone, they're just, it, does, it doesn't really register. Yeah. Right? A lot of people really have to learn this on their own, yeah. myself included. Um, but basically, right the, 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 this is this is the simple process. Um, there will always be disagreements
0: uh-huh.
1: And um, you want to know that when having a disagreement, it's they're either productive or destructive, right? And so the way that they're productive is if you, come to a better understanding of the original topic through the disagreement, both of you, right? And so the, the, when things go right, you ultimately get closer. And the way that you find those productive conversations is through values, right? So um, I won't throw any projects around that, that that had successes and failures, but I will say that I've personally had more than one uh, multiple instances of choosing the wrong big business partners. And there was two reasons. Number one, I did it too quick. Right. It's like, um, I didn't understand enough about the other person and what drove them and their morals and their values and their decisions to the point where, um, we just jumped into it because there's this excitement, like the eyes light up and you're like, all I see is everything going right. You don't see everything going wrong. Right. All you, you get this, like, if everything falls into place, this is what your you know year two year three year looks like and um it's just it can be like uh, mesmerizing so what i've learned is always make it a point to truly understand what drives the person on the other side how do they think who do they look up to um you know what are what are the most important uh values for them in terms of leadership what personal work are they doing on themselves? Um, How are their relationships? Like, are all their friends from like the past year, two years, or all the people they've known for five years, 10 years, right? Like, um, and so there's that. And then the other thing is just, you know, don't ever have a conversation early on about what a partnership structure looks like because it's just stupid to make decisions that early on without really knowing what the delivery is, right? So, made that mistake, um, Learn from it. The the other thing that I'd say is, the universe has this way of giving you like these subtle uh, stop signs and sometimes red lights. Yeah. And um, in my relentless uh, fervor sometimes in one particular project, I just kept blowing past stop signs. And of course it was like, no surprise, the writing was on the wall, but I just chose not to see it because I wanted to only see it happening positive and the best outcome and what the, what what could be possible. And that just wasn't the case.
0: Right. What gave you that awareness? How, how did you start to notice that?
1: Uh, retrospect being like, you know, I'll tell you, it's 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 actually the low and the pain when you're at the bottom and you're like, what could I have done differently? Yeah. Not where I am right now. Right. Right. And that's the question. When you're riding high and everything's going good, you're not asking yourself, what do I need to do differently? Because you think you're doing everything right. right. But when you're at the bottom, you're like, oh my God, like, how did I get here? What, what, what happened? Like, it's almost like a, 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 a bomb shock and and it's like, whoa, just picking up the pieces. And yeah, so absolutely. that happened with um, some projects that didn't work out. And I was really actually like at my lowest point um, that I can recall, um, you know, when, you know, imagine two simultaneous businesses on the exterior, complete success on the interior, complete mess. Mm. And so um, got that and then, you know, uh, making big bets on myself is sort of what I learned is if you're going to put like, you know, if you're going to put like 30 grand in the stock market, you might as well just invest that into yourself because it's not the same sort of risk per se on the stock market, but the growth, like why bet on some people making decisions in a boardroom when you can put it into your own control and actually have that sort of empowerment. So. I did that. I, I made some mistakes and I was at rock bottom. I mentioned earlier, like, my house burned down in the Malibu fire. And so, like, you know, there's this destabling moment where, like, everything that I thought would go right would. And then the, like, sanctuary that was, like, you know, home is just gone in an instant. Right. Yeah. And so that's, and like, the, you know, going from making a ton of money to being, in debt in like a matter of six months yeah and so i'm like holy shit like this this sucks this feeling i don't want to feel this way and um should i share this part as well like just a little bit about the yeah like the, the, the yeah so not a roll, that
0: was like a cliffhanger you're just gonna drop it there.
1: <laughs> yeah i know so i mean basically one day look at myself in the mirror and i'm yeah. like you got yourself in this mess yeah. You can definitely get yourself out of this mess. Yeah. And that's like when real ownership comes, right? It's like, okay, if and and this is what I was sort of touching on earlier, which is in many moments in life, you have like a lot of different options. And sometimes you choose one that brings you to a dead end. Right. And so either you have to go back or there's only one road forward, right? There's like there's the hard mountain that you have to climb and so I put myself in this place where the only route I had was to literally work as hard as I knew humanly possible and do everything that I knew of my essence to get myself into a really good footing and I mean, it's I still don't even know I mean like I, I know how it happened but I'm still like um in 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 awe of how quickly it happened right from from the moment of like early November 2018 to being like down here like not even wanting to get out of bed feeling like you know worthless feeling uh you know like the like there's the things that are against out of my control and you know I'm it's like things are going wrong and it's I'm the victim to like 30 days later being like okay 30 days to build the foundation and activate these things and in 60 days later uh which was like by January I was making more money than I ever had and I uh, went from feeling that to like, really feeling my sense of self-worth and uh, personal potential and capability. So there's, you know, th- what, I, what I appreciate is from that lesson is like the, hey, it's on me. No one's gonna throw you a life preserver. Like, you know, this is not, <laughs> this is, this is not the Titanic and you're getting the lifeboat. Like you're gonna get it, you gotta work for it. So, um, and then the other thing is like how quickly it can happen, uh, with putting it out there, uh, and, and really making it a priority.
0: Right. I love that you, uh, said, like taking on ownership. Right. And, and also in the darkest moments, it's like, we could either focus on all the crazy stuff and like, let it take us down or those could be the most powerful moments to like go to the next level and use that reflection and launch ourselves even deeper and further to where we want to go.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's, it's cliche, but it's definitely true. Like the most transformation comes when there's the greatest need and the greatest opportunity, right? Like, you know, when everything is riding high on top of the world, you're just like, I'm good. Right. I'm good. What do they know that I don't know? Right. So Anyway, that's that was that was a quite a quite a year of highs and lows. Wow,
0: that was that was wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, man. My pleasure. Let's let's shift a little bit to some uh, some lighter stuff, if we want to call it. Please. That, that was great, though. I loved all that that story, and thank you for sharing your your vulnerability and all that. That's really, my pleasure. That's a good example, right? Like we see even the most successful people, right? We're like, oh, we look at them when we see them and like, oh my God, they're like invincible, but they're not. Everybody goes through dark moments and it's really just the way they handle them. So That's let's absolutely. go ahead.
1: Well, I was just gonna say one thing I learned from events yeah. is right on the outside, if you ask people, like you walk with calmness, like there's never anything wrong because people can tell when there's something wrong just yeah. by your energy. And so like, literally the roof could be on fire. Like, oh, could you excuse me for a moment? I just got to go tend to something.
0: (laughs) Right. Yep. Let's talk about that for a second. Then we're going to wind it down Uh, because you are a master at creating events and hosting and creating great experiences for people. And I was listening to the the podcast to do with our friend Mark Shapiro. And one thing that was really cool that you said, you were talking about like, uh when you create an event the details make everything when you set the details you really see how some, how, how much somebody cares and then another thing that was really cool i'm gonna let you comment on whatever one of these you want to talk about but i just want to put this out real quick the other thing that was really cool that stood out was there's like rituals and there's a there's a sequence of discovery of things is what you said right so from the mo- every event's a journey So when somebody shows up to the event, it's like, oh, cool. Here's like phase one. And there's, there's a beginning and there's an end, right? So I love how you like, I never thought of that. Like you have like, you design the whole experience for people. And and the last thing that's really cool that you said was you you time travel. Like, uh, oh, what could happen next or in five minutes or in 20 minutes? And you like, imagine it, you go there and this goes back to being curious. And then you come back to like the present moment. and, And that's how you do such a great job with that as well.
1: Well, thank you. Those are all great, uh, great shares. And I definitely I don't even know which one to go for because they're all they're all really deep. But what I will say is um, there are ways of look living that uh, when you're really busy, you feel like you never have time or when you're not busy, you feel like you never have time, right? Yes. There's a certain structure that has to come. And with obviously with flexibility, but to like to living, to events, to experience. And so with regards to like my experiences, right? It's it's sort of like the, what is the entry point to make people feel that they have come, they have arrived, right? The very first moment they've traveled far, Uh, you know, there's, there's obviously work and money they've put into getting there and it's like acknowledging that. So it's like, Hey, you showed up and this is a two-way commitment. You put your time and money to be here and I commit to making it meaningful, fun. And, uh, when you leave, you're going to say that was the best place I could be in the world with my time. Right. And time is one of those invaluable things that people are hesitant to trust others with because There's a lot of like, you know, shortcoming, uh, poor delivery, things like that, and so like when I think about it, it's like life. uh, I have I have I joke with my friends about this. It's the term TPW. What's your treatments per week? And 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 this refers to like how many gym sessions are you hitting? How many yoga sessions? How many therapy sessions? How many personal coach sessions? Uh, How many? Uh, massage treatments, facial, whatever, like basically it's you taking care of you, yep. right? And so the TPW, it's, it's this joke I've been thrown around. I think a really good TPW, if, if you can hit like seven to 10 hour sessions on a weekly basis, which is like any of those category things, which is basically just self-care, um, that is super important for charging up and and like really feeling grounded. Yeah. Um, and then in the events, I think, the the real goal is like how do how do i design an environment that will be accepted with such a diverse audience right and it's finding the commonality of of what brought them there and helping build bridges and making it this like oh um you are this total separate industry and you're this total separate industry but you actually have the same goal of connecting with like a partnership for a big financial bank or something, right? That like you two should talk, right? And so that's that's just like an approach I've always had is recognizing, just straight up asking people. Like, you know, most people, this is exactly one of the really big points. Sorry, I didn't show this earlier. Um, most times when they like someone pays to come to an event, right? Yeah. They don't tell you what they want from it. They have their expectation and their hope and their desire. And then they come and uh, they almost always feel like they didn't get what they thought they were gonna get because they they weren't properly um, communicated with prior to. and um, And they also like, so just asking like, hey, what would make this a meaningful thing for you experience? And when someone says it, it's like, cool, now I know exactly what you need and you may not have it now, but it'll come. And so that's just always been a philosophy of mine of like, get it right out. You know, No need to kind of shy about the question.
0: Yeah, that's a great one, right? Just like literally just ask the question, right? A lot of people beat around the bush or try to mind read somebody instead of just asking directly what, the, what their question is to the person. What what's a, what's a TPW you like to do to start your day or, or during your day or that's a, a good one for you?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to tell you, I'm actually, I'm not a great morning person. So that's one thing that I can't really speak to because I wish I was better at. Yeah. But what I will say is I really make it a point to um, sit with my lady, have a matcha, go for a walk, walk the dogs. And um, just like even move a little bit, be outside, get some sun and it doesn't take long it's 20 minutes um and i basically have the excuse because i gotta walk the dogs anyway and i'll get out there and that's sort of my midday thing and then i'll just try and get it everyone's kind of different i'm more of like a, I I run out of steam in the afternoons so moving my body even when i'm tired it actually like after i'm done i'm super charged up yes So uh it's kind of like the breakup of the day you know do a fitness thing uh do a session with a you know therapist coach things like that and yeah. you know, take it to that next level and then you, then you're like okay now I'm now I'm recharged
0: those are great man those are all great rituals for I, I love all those the Sun the most cool love with your girlfriend right like spending time with your dogs taking a walk I love that very cool so to wrap things up I know you uh, you did due to COVID events, which was impressive. Yes. You had one planned right before COVID and you sold it out and then COVID happened. So you had to figure that out. And then, uh, and you you just did a trailblazers event in Sedona, I believe, right?
1: Yes. Yes. So, um, right. uh, Necessity breeds creativity, innovation, something like that. I think necessity breeds innovation, right? so here we are um and this is this is just life's timing right everything sold out of van uh like already patting yourself on the back saying good job because you know it's already it just has to happen and that was supposed to be march 13th right food prepped uh houses paid for flights booked everything there schedule printed march 11th happens uh, Trump goes on, announces, uh, you know, travel ban, March 12th, NBA canceled. Everything's basically like, boom, canceled. And so, of course, the day before the event, uh, we had to cancel it. And so it's a tough blow when you put that. Anytime you put like hundreds of hours into something that never sees the light of day, it's not a great feeling.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so that that was like a little bit of a negative spiral. It was, it was kind of like one of those like throw your hands up and you're like, well, I couldn't have done anything differently but maybe I could have, you know, that there, there always is something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then in that in that moment being like, okay, if, if events like that aren't gonna happen, what kind of events are gonna happen? I started seeing these like um, drive-in movie theater concerts and like, uh, you know, I saw creative ways that people were coming together. And I thought to myself, okay, um, well, how do we make comfortable and safe and fun and uh, accessible for all levels of, uh, you know, COVID concern. And so we were like, Hey, let's do a golf tournament. And it's all outdoors. Pretty much never right next to anyone. Every person had their own golf cart. So there was, you know, 18 holes, uh, four golf carts per group, 72 total golf carts and everyone had their space. Everyone got to hang and that was sort of like people like, whoa, I'm like out again, but I'm like, in a am in a safe environment, but I'm also um, having fun. Right. And so that was, it was great. It was a success. People loved it. And it was like people coming out of their shell. And then there was kind of like the second wave and, you know, the, that was in October of last year. And then there's the second wave and we're kind of like, okay, you know, what's the trajectory. And then in December, you start reading about like, vaccine approvals and you start to realize like okay things are changing right and where do you want to be on the scale of like right when things change and imagine like you've got this this is the this is the turning point right even like yesterday for example the cdc said okay you don't have to wear a mask inside if you're vaccinated or whatever. Do you want to be at the beginning of the turning point, the midway or the end of the turning point? Mm. And so there's, there's trade-offs, right? So at the end, you generally have the least amount of risk um, and you have the most time. Um, and then at the beginning, you kind of get this like momentum. So we, we signed the contract for uh, 65 rooms at this magical hotel called the enchantment in February right before anyone had really been uh vaccinated and there was like still a you know we're talking tons of cases a lot of like heavy lockdown stuff and um we're just like okay every everything seems to be pointing to the fact that our demographic will be um you know we'll have the ability to get what they need to feel comfortable. And so we did it and uh, we ended up getting 120 people came. It was three days at this epic resort and uh, we just like kicked it off and people came back and it's kind of like, you know, everyone got their groove back. Yeah, It was it was fun. Um, it's very special. And I would say we were absolutely taking a gamble, but we are also as far as I can see from anyone else at the absolute forefront of getting people back in the motion of regular life. So I, you know, it's a risk, but I'm very happy. We took it. And, uh, it's, it's just really the catalyst. Now we have momentum because when you do the beginning versus the middle versus the end, if you do the beginning, and then you want to do it again in the middle or the end, you have all the momentum.
0: I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. How can people support you or how can people attend an event you have coming up or.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I like to make myself available and just always there, right? My, my email is D at David com, So it's the letter D at my first name, last com, And anyone can drop me an email. It may not be the fastest response, but there will be a response. And uh, you know, I really make it a point to just get to know people before I ask for anything. And yes. I say like, Hey, come to our event, get to know me like, and then if you want to contribute and play a role in shaping it, you can. So if you want to attend trailblazers, it's for cannabis and professionals, or just generally people that are curious about the industry. Uh, We have a website TrailblazersPresents.com. There's like an application form there. You can check it out. Um, And yeah, just drop me a line.
0: I love that. Awesome. Any last thing you want to share with the, the listeners before we end it?
1: Oh yeah. I would just, I I would just say that the the most important thing that drives me is this, like, I don't have a fear of failure. I feel like I see the the possibility of what success and accomplishment can look like. And so every decision I make, every step I take is not like withheld, like slowly by this failure possibility, it's like running towards it. And I think part of the reason I can do that for sure is because I have failed. I've seen what failure looks like. And I can tell you, even when you truly fail, it's you know it's not very hard to start fresh and just kick it back into motion with the next thing. That's awesome.
0: Thank you so much, David. I learned a ton. I'm sure everybody else learned a ton. Lots of gems in here. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Naeem. I really appreciate you, bro. And uh, have a great weekend, everyone.
0: Thank you, brother.